You're listening to the Mind Your Business Podcast. Today is part two about how to overcome imposter syndrome so you can thrive in your online business. So stay tuned. Hi, I'm James Wedmore, and with 13 years online, I've built my business to over $9 million in sales per year. And this is the first non-business business podcast that shows you how to apply the principles of spirituality, energy, and mindset to create true and lasting success all from the inside out. This is the Mind Your Business Podcast. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? James Wedmore here. Thank you so much for tuning in to part two of my two-part imposter syndrome training podcast series. <laughs> Basically, in the last episode, I hope you listened to that one, we went and identified imposter syndrome and how it is costing you more money and more impact than you may even realize. And I introduced a new perspective or way of looking at imposter syndromes so it's no longer holding you back. And just the reality is, is if it's present at all in, in you, in your life, then it's probably the number one reason why your business is where it is and not where you'd like it to be. Sorry to say, but it is what it is. So I hope you listen to that first part because this is going to be getting into some cool, tactical, tangible stuff, which I always like to give you guys, you know what I mean? So we're going to get right into it. In the previous episode, I talked about how important it is to commit yourself to something greater than you. People hear this from me all the time and it goes in one ear and out the other. And that's okay. You might just say, you know what? I just need to make some money first. And that's where I was. I heard people saying this to me years ago. So I understand it. I get it. But maybe this is something to listen to. <laughs> please, <laughs> please. All right. So what I wanted to do first is talk to you about what that really means. I'm going to give you three questions that you can journal on. I'm a big journal, James. I'm jamming on the journal. I'm a big fan of journaling and I'm a big fan of awesome alliterations. I'm a huge fan of it. So uh, maybe you are too. So I wanted to give you some journal prompt questions that you can ask yourself. And the really the thing is, is if you're not willing to ask some of these questions, I always have questions for you guys on our show, you know, quality of your life. And if you're not doing that, you're just going through the motions, then like you should kind of look at that, you know, there's probably a reason why you're not. Something you don't want to look at, something you're avoiding. I've been there too, you know, I get it. But even when it's uncomfortable and you find yourself hesitating, procrastinating, that should be even more the reason why you need to do it. Because there's something maybe that needs to be revealed that's trying to be hidden from you. I don't know. Who knows? I'm not you. So it's important that you really do have a vision for your life. Three questions is going to help you with that. So what's my vision? What's my purpose? How do I know? Be in the question, be in the inquiry. Don't give me this I don't know stuff. Be in the question. Your life will take on so much more beauty and clarity when you can finally be okay with not knowing. The moment you're, you accept and don't resist the not knowing is the moment you open the floodgates. Question number one. This question is about identifying what unique skills or talents do you have, or you have the raw talent for that you can cultivate? That's an important distinction. Well, I don't know. I'm new and I'm just starting. Da, 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 da. Yeah, look at your raw talents that will benefit and be of value to others. That's the key part. 
what uniqueness, and I know you're born with you, you live with you every single day, so you don't feel as unique to yourself as maybe others do when they interact with you because you know yourself so well. It's like it's like when you've been in the same house for 20 years, the house doesn't feel unique and special anymore. It's the house you just are very familiar with. That's you too. So interestingly enough, by the way, dreams of your house usually represent you yourself, right? Interesting. Oh, okay. So what unique skills or talents do you have that will be of value to others? If you are so in your head about this, you're like, I don't have any unique skills, ask people around you. Peers, friends, family, loved ones, anyone. Unique skills, get them all out. Spend some time on that. This isn't a two-second question. This takes time. This is your life. What do I love doing more than anything in the world? That's question number two. Your heart is your North Star GPS. It's guiding you towards your purpose. And if you just paid attention to what you love doing, not what you love having, (laughs) what you love doing, what you love doing. You know, you've heard those questions where you had all the money in the world, blah, 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 what would you do? Right? Oh, I would, I would just travel and go on vacation for six months. Yes. And as soon as you got bored of doing nothing but that, what would you do then? Okay. (laughs) All right. And then question number three. Now, this is a powerful one because it may be a little morbid to some, but death is a powerful teacher for all of us. But when you get to the end of your life, which will happen, and you look back, what will you have accomplished that will let you know that your life mattered? Those are your three questions. You can rewind this. You can write these down. In there, you will begin to create a vision for your life. And as you create a vision for your life, I want you to give yourself permission to allow that vision to change as much as it needs to. Life is a moving target, my friends. And you are always growing and evolving, especially in levels that you are unaware of. You are not the you that you were yesterday. Are you keeping up with the you that you have become Or are you so resisting and holding on to who you were? The more you do that, the more dissonance gets created in your life over time and the more miserable you will become. This is why people have quarter life or midlife crisis. They realize that they are no longer the person that they once were. And it become a Grand Canyon crevasse of who they are now, truly at the soul level and who they've been holding on to. You don't have to wait for it to get that big, but life is a moving target. Are you keeping up with you, the you that is you? Resistance is holding on to that which no longer serves us, including those older versions of ourself. Funny thing here about this question three, I always have all these thoughts, you know? <laughs> Dangerous. Dangerous to think. Uh, call the thought police. And I've been having a lot of thoughts about death. Not in a scary way, but in a contemplative way. Because on one hand, it's really fascinating that unless you or someone in your life is going through a process where maybe they're dying, death probably doesn't pop into your brain all that often. In fact, it kind of recedes into the background. And what emerges is this false idea that we will live longer than we think we will, that we'll just always have the time, that 
I ain't going anytime soon kind of idea. And it's not until you pause and reflect on the the undeniable facts that, yeah, one day we will all cease to exist on this planet in this form and in this body. You are faced with that truth and in the same moment, given the gift of recognizing how short and precious this life of yours is. And because of that, death offers one of the most powerful perspectives on how to live your life. You know, there's all these videos on YouTube about how to get motivated. Give me a motivational video or how to get inspired. You want to get inspired, my friend? You want to you have that feeling, that energy that just rips you out of the bed in the morning and has you do the most amazing, extraordinary things? Death should be your motivator, your motivational video. The fact that None of us have that long to live. It's not a long life, even if we live to 100, should be motivation enough. When you see how fast days and years go by, that we have so little time here, that should be the motivator. The motivator, the inspirer to live your best life, to not waste a second of this precious life of yours dwelling on anything that just doesn't matter and to live a life well lived, right? Amen. Cheers to that. And it starts when, you know, it it makes it a lot easier when you have some clarity on how you want to author your life. What do you want this book, this book of you to entail, include? The content of it, right? The chapters, the milestones, the peaks and valleys, the the conflict, the characters, the colorful settings and backgrounds, right? We can be a little bit more intentional about what we want to include. And I think it's worth it to ask these questions. So that's the first piece. And obviously, when you start getting into a team, (laughs) vision, vision is very important. Sorry, but A players... Don't go to work in your business because your vision is you want to be rich. You want more freedom. A players don't get on board with visions like that. I've been saying this for a very long time. (laughs) So it's up to you. Okay. Let's talk about the next thing, which is really about sales. We're going to get into pricing in a moment, but sales and putting your stuff out there. Here's this tricky thing, right? If you've listened to any great sales trainer, they all say the same sentence. They're like, you got to believe in what you sell. When you love what you sell, you love the product and you believe in it and you use it, it sells itself, right? You've heard these things before, right? This is like, I don't know, rudimentary selling 101. Okay, but what happens if what you are selling is you (laughs) and you don't believe in yourself? Oh my gosh, you're screwed. This is why these are such important episodes because that's what's going on. So many of you are coaches, you're content creators, you're the authority, you're the creator of the very content and teaching and coaching and all that stuff that you sell and you don't believe in yourself, you doubt yourself, you doubt your creation, it's your stuff, so you don't have faith in it and then you go out there and you try and launch it and sell it and the real question I have to ask you is if you don't believe in your stuff, how the heck do you expect others to believe in you? If you don't believe in it, why would they? 
And if they don't believe in it, they're not going to buy it. Right? I know these are silly, logical things. They make a lot of sense. But sometimes we do some things that aren't that illogical, right? So you're going to have to find a way to start believing in your stuff. Now, you could ask a question here. There's a little evidence procedure. What needs to happen in order for you to have absolute faith, conviction, and belief in you, your coaching, and what it is that you deliver? I don't know what the answer to this is, but you better figure that out. If you say, James, I don't believe in my stuff, and I ask you, well, how will you know when you will believe in it? Well, I don't know. Well, you've just created a game for your life that you've already lost. That you don't even have a, a way to keep score. So you'll just never believe in your stuff. And that's crazy. A lot of things I do with my clients is I say, what if we just trade this? How many case studies? How many testimonials do you need until you can finally just have full faith in your stuff? This works for some people, not for everybody. If that's a mental strategy works for you, great. Some say, you know, James, if I have three people that have gone through my stuff and gotten some type of result and positive praise, then I'm good to go and I'll drop it. I go, great. Now we just need to focus on getting those three clients to do whatever it takes to make that happen. So you're going to have to figure that out for yourself because I'm not there. I can't do your pushups for you. Okay. But if you're selling your stuff and you don't believe in your stuff and you don't believe in yourself, no one else is going to believe in it. And if they don't believe in it, they're not going to buy. So that's a big one. Okay. But we're going to talk about the next one. This is pricing. If you are operating with any ounce of imposter syndrome within you, chances are you're vastly underpricing yourself, right? Because if you don't believe in you, you don't believe that it's worth what it truly is. So we have to talk about pricing. This is the big one here. And most people, when it comes to pricing, they ask the worst question you could possibly ask. The infamous question, how much would someone be willing to pay for this? Hey, James, I've created a program or I'm thinking about creating this and I want to figure out how to price it. How much would someone be willing to pay for this? Eh, wrong question. Quality of your life determined by the quality of questions you ask. Why is that the worst question you can ever ask? Well, it's very simple. The answer to how much is someone willing to pay for this is always, always the same answer. As little as possible. That's the answer to that question. No one wants to pay more than they have to. Ever, 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 right? If you were considering working with me and you're like, in your mind, you're saying, yeah, I'm in, okay, let's do this. And it's like one of my higher tickets, stuff, like $30,000, right? And then I said, hey, hey, wait a second, hold on. I know you're in, but I wanna give you a discount. Would you like a discount? Are you gonna say no? 99.99% of people would say, yeah, I'll take a discount, of course. However, I'm one of those 0.0001% people. About a year ago, I told this story on the podcast where I was doing a Reiki session with somebody and they offered a discount for, pff, I don't know, probably because of imposter syndrome. And I wouldn't take it. I said, no, I don't want 25% off because I don't want 75% of the service. I'll pay 100% and I want 100% of what I get. But 
I'm, I'm not like most people. You guys know that by now. All right. So let's talk about pricing, huh? I'm going to give you a new question to ask. I'm going to give you a new process for how to create your prices. And I think you're really going to like it. But it's important to know price is marketing. I want you to write that down. That's like a simple affirmation. Price is marketing. It's a part of marketing. There's so much to unpack there, but that's so powerful to understand. Price is marketing. And the price you charge determines the quality of client you attract. Do you want to be the Walmart of your industry or the, I don't know, Saks Fifth Avenue? That's my example. There's a website called the People of Walmart. Don't go there, <laughs> ever. <laughs> Someone in, I don't know if the website actually still exists. Someone in college, so that was like a long time ago, showed me that website. And it's just some interesting people that shop at Walmart. That's fine. There's no judgment. But Walmart is the low price leader. When you need the cheapest and all that stuff, you go to Walmart, right? If you're looking for nice stuff, quality, etc., you don't go to Walmart all the time, right? Sometimes, you know, whatever. I'm not knocking Walmart, but do you want to be Walmart? That's up to you. All right. Especially when you're like in a market that doesn't have the volume of like a gajillion people, you know, raise your prices. So what do I mean by the quality of client you attract? Well, what I mean is quality of commitment. I mean, this is a doozy. I can't tell you how many times in my career I've been working with a client in a group, one-on-one, whatever. They weren't coachable. They weren't open to advice or new ideas or perspectives or they didn't show up. They didn't do their part. And you know what I always say when that happens? Gosh, darn it. I didn't charge enough. Ain't that the truth? When people don't pay, they don't pay attention. They don't put skin in the game. They don't do their part. Most people, I'm sure you're different, but if you want to be the catalyst for change in your client's life, the transaction must be there. And the greater the transaction, the greater the transformation. And I could unpack that and go so deep. I've done other episodes on that. So we're not going to spend too much time here, but I do want to give you a five step process for how to create the prices for your products and programs from a place of power, not fear. We're going to call this power pricing. Okay. It's five steps. You're going to probably have to, I'm going to go through this really fast. You're going to probably have to like rewind this part and take notes and do it with me in real time. And people are going to have questions. Every time I teach this thing, people have questions, but you know, do the best you can to figure this out. Cause it's pretty simple, but watch how you get in your head with it. Oh my goodness. Out of your head. All right. Step number one, Stephen Covey said, begin with the end in mind. You hear me talk about that phrase all the time. Begin with the end in mind, your end in mind. So step number one is to get clear on how much money do you want to make? How much money do you want to make per quarter, per month, per year? I don't care. Whatever is a metric, a benchmark, a milestone for you. That's all that matters. That's step one. When you have that, proceed to step number two. It could be 10,000 a month, right? So we'll use 10,000 a month. Yeah, 10,000 a month. Great. And there we go. And then step number two is what we would call the non-negotiables. What's the max amount of clients this is if you wanted to take one-on-one clients. This is one way to do it. Or how many people do I want to work with? Okay, this is this is an example for one-on-one. You would just change this a little bit if you wanted to do a program or something like that. How many people do I want in my program? How many people should I have in my program? What's a good goal for that, okay? So that's number two. What's the max amount of clients I'm willing to work with? And let's say I said five clients. I want to work with five clients a month and I want 10,000 a month. Well, guess what? 
you automatically get your price per client, <laughs> right? Five clients, $10,000 is $2,000 a client. There's your price. I mean, that's it. You just divide what you want by how many people you want to work with. People get really confused by this, but it's really simple. Okay, we're going to go three more steps though. So now I've got my price, $2,000 a client. Next, step three, add a zero. <gasps> add a zero? Yeah, so now it's 20000 Okay, that's step three. That's it, you just put a zero. Step four, this is the biggie. What problem do I need to solve? How do I solve that and for whom? at this price of $20,000. What would I need to include, provide, and offer to make this $20,000 price investment a complete no-brainer? This is where you wanna spend some time. Question four is the doozy. Step five, take the zero back off. Guys, what I just shared was so simple and so powerful, I can't even begin. Just do it, <laughs> just do it because it's the only way to come up with prices the right way. People say, why add a zero, da, 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 da. Okay, here's why. The simple answer for you. Most people are trying to convince that their $1,000 course is worth $1,000. That's such a waste of your energy. Show people that it's worth $10,000 and $1,000 is a no-brainer. It's as simple as that. You should be far, far, far over-delivering on the value of anything you provide. Over-deliver on the value versus the price. They pay you a thousand, you give them 10,000. That's a no-brainer. Create your offer at 10X the value. And that's a process for doing that from a place of power, not fear. From a place of purpose, not imposter syndrome. I hope that makes sense. Okay, here's the last thing we're gonna talk about today. Part two here of our specifics of imposter syndrome. This one has to do with audience growth. When you are suffering from imposter syndrome, chances are you're not doing a lot to grow your audience and you're not growing your audience <laughs> as a result of that. Pretty logical argument there, right? Because if you are afraid that people will expose you as a fraud, then you don't want people to find you. Even if this is happening on a subconscious level, you will sabotage yourself, you will do things to prevent you from putting yourself out there. But then you'll fall into this ruse of, how do I get more followers? Again, awful question. What do I need to do to get more followers? What's the best plan, action, steps for building my audience? Worst questions ever. Worst questions. Quality of your life, folks. <laughs> Why is this the worst question? Because it doesn't answer the most important question, which is, why do people follow people in the first place? You can do all the things that I'm doing. Let me be clear about this. You can do all the things that I am doing and still not get a following. You need to begin to get clear. Why do these people, my audience, or sorry, my, my market, why do they follow others? 
until you give people a reason to follow you, it does not matter what you do. So here's an exercise for this. It's so powerful. It's so important. You're going to identify a few leaders that you currently look up to yourself or that your audience, you could call these competitors, that they look up to. I want you to do this for yourself. And if you really want to go deeper, look at what they, who they follow. So list out a few people you follow and list out a few people that they follow. And then you want to ask the most important question here. Why do I follow these people? Why do they follow these people? Now, I don't want to rob you of the lesson here, but I'm just going to tell you what's going to happen when you start doing this exercise. You're going to start to say things like, well, I just love their energy, their authenticity. I just love their teaching style. I love how confident they are. You know what I love about her? She doesn't care what anyone thinks about her. And what you're going to realize is that nine out of the 10 answers that you came up with are qualities, characteristics, and ways of beings of this person that have nothing to do with their tactics on social media. You got that? So now, take the mirror and put it on you. (laughs) How many of these qualities, characteristics, and ways of being that you wrote down do you currently embody and convey when you're showing up for your people? If you're not demonstrating them, now you know exactly why people aren't following. And this is, this is like a double-edged sword because that's the reason why they're not following. And a lot of these reasons are, you know, leadership qualities that you're not demonstrating. I'm not making any sense. I'm just saying, if you're not getting any followers and you're asking, why am I, how, why am I not getting followers? It's because followers need a reason to follow somebody. You have to be a leader. And it's a double-edged layered sword in the sense that leaders don't care what other people think about them. A true leader is focused on the vision, is focused on the future, is focused on the message, is focused on the outcome, not what we talked about in part one of this episode, the last week's episode, which is self-importance, reputation, significance, all that crap. And so part of the reason is if those things still consume you, then what you're saying to yourself is, I can't handle more people not liking me. And so you push away audience growth. This is so important (laughs) and so powerful. So there you go. I've shared with you a few ways from how you sell, how you price, how you even just show up to your audience that are being impacted by imposter syndrome if it's present in us. And in the previous episode, I talked about what I'm going to repeat here. If we continue to operate from imposter syndrome, then you will continue to leave sales, money on the table, and people that needed your help, you will leave them behind. Those that choose to operate from a higher level of vision, of purpose, something beyond themselves, and truly step into that, Like, commit yourself to that. From that place of power, there is no room for imposter syndrome. And that's a very powerful place for you to find yourself. When you're doing that, you won't doubt 
your prices. You won't doubt your, your worth, your value. You won't doubt your selling. Oh, I'm coming off as pushy or greedy. Because your vision will be clear. Your purpose will be clear. And as a result, the beautiful result of all of that is you will find yourself helping more people. So my parting sentiment to you is a repeat of the question, the invitation I asked you on the previous episode, which is to really truly consider what is more important to you in your life and in your business, being liked or changing someone's life. What's more important people's opinions of you or your dreams, living your best life. Every time you operate from imposter syndrome, now you know what you are choosing. So my friends, choose and choose wisely. Thanks so much for listening. You guys are amazing. Give me your uh, feedback updates how this episode helped you and provided value for you, clarity and insight, and all that good jazz over on the Instagrams. I'm over there hanging out in the DMs. Thank you so much. Take care. Did you know eight out of 10 businesses fail within their very first 18 months? I believe being an entrepreneur means unlearning everything that we've been taught our entire lives about what it really means to be successful, which is why I've created a brand new audio program entitled Activate. I wanna show you how to think, act, and behave like the successful entrepreneur that you were meant to be, so you can step into the vision that you have for your life and your business. And the best part is, this program is yours absolutely free. To register right now, simply visit www.jameswedmore.com forward slash activate and we can get started right now.